So many times we're told by business coaches that we need to find the perfect client and create an avatar that represents them and their needs. But many times the perfect client is not the right client for your business. And you know this when you put a lot of time and effort into choosing your perfect client and then they don't buy from you. Welcome to the Goals, Profit, and Soul Business Show Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, founder of the GPS Business Academy, the premier business training and coaching company. Our focus is on the synergy of process and profits, strategy and soul. And we provide expert business advice, resources, and training for startups, restarts, and expanding empires. And we've been doing it since 2012. We specialize in teaching entrepreneurs how to create high-value, high-volume, high-growth businesses. I'm an eight-time best-selling author, radio host, globally recognized business and energy congruence expert. Thank you for joining me on this week's Goals, Profit, and Soul Business Podcast, and I hope you'll learn something that motivates, energizes, and supports your entrepreneurial ambitions. Let's get started. How do you know which client is best? Well, first, we're going to start by focusing on the right client instead of the perfect client, because that's where your consistent cash flow is going to be generated. This is going to be a series of podcasts where I'm going to present case studies on how I've helped clients move from the perfect client model and business avatar, a concept that I truly dislike, to the right client for their business model which greatly impacted their business bottom line, their revenue increased, their cash flow increased, they had better clients who could pay them, who really needed their services and who benefited from their services. The perfect client model does not work and I'm gonna prove to you why in this series of case studies that's going to highlight instead of choosing the perfect client, choose the right client for your business. Understanding the client you serve in your business means the difference between making money and going broke. Get the client wrong, and even with the best product or service, you'll spend a lot of time chasing clients, wasting money on ineffective marketing, and being frustrated every month as you try to reach that six-figure goal and never achieve it. With so much really bad business advice focused on list building, mindset, up-leveling, scaling, kickstarting, driving, high-ticket, high value, and so many other copycat systems. It's no wonder that the average business and lifestyle coach earns less than $25,000 a year. Yes, you heard that right, $25,000 a year. But with the right client focus, you can reach your sales and revenue goals, build a thriving business, and develop a market presence that can assure a steady stream of clients and a steady stream of growing cash flow because that's what business is all about. Getting clients is great, but your focus has to be on the connection between clients and cash flow. And as you're going to see in these case studies, getting the client right is better than having the perfect client. Rather than try and explain this to you, I'm gonna offer a series of case studies to look at different aspects of your business. So we're gonna look at the perfect client in terms of how you meet their needs. We're gonna look at some pricing models. We're gonna look at some marketing and audience selection. 
And we're going to look at how you offer your services and why the perfect client model is broken and why the right client model is so much better. Here's our first case study. My client Gary came to me to see if I could help him. He had just left another business coaching practice that focused on client attraction and he was unhappy with it because they spent six months creating their client avatar and working on the perfect client. And he discovered that he wasn't making any money, there was no revenues and there was no cash flow in his business. And he was getting ready to close his business because he was broke. He had no money coming in. Unfortunately, although he had a great business focus and he knew exactly what he wanted to do and he was experienced and he had expertise in that area, he chose a client who could not pay him. His business focus was helping struggling restaurant owners become profitable. And he was great at it, but he had a big problem. Struggling restaurant owners didn't have any money, so while he could easily find clients and he could easily help them change their business and become profitable, they couldn't pay him. So when he came to me and said, I'm getting ready to close my business, I'm so frustrated, I'm really unhappy, I spent all this money on this other business program, can you help me? So we talked for a few minutes, I asked him what his focus was and he said, my business focus is to help struggling restaurant owners become profitable. That's great, isn't it? And he said, my perfect customer is the struggling restaurant owner. And I thought about it for a minute and gave him some questions to answer. And we're going to go through these questions. And then I told him something that completely changed his perspective on his business and actually helped him not only turn his business around, but earn millions of dollars through the right client model that I introduced him to. So here are the questions I gave him. Number one, how long did it take him to get a new client on board? I needed to know how long it took him to actually sign up a client and then go through their books, go through their processes, and then be able to coach them through the process and give them solutions. Number two, was he working locally, across the U.S., or globally? If his business model, the way he had his business set up, was solely focused on working locally, for example, if he needed to do in-person coaching, then he had to be at the restaurant that he was working with, then his model was basically a local model. He wouldn't be able to work across the U.S. or work on a global basis. But I did have some suggestions for him to be able to provide some support services and some courses and online programs for restaurant owners that he could offer in addition to his coaching or as a substitution for coaching. That was the second question. Number three was, how was his average time spent with a single client to fulfill his promise? So the first question was, how long did it take to onboard a client? How long did it take for him to go through the books and go through the processes and to be able to suggest a turnaround strategy? And then question number three, I needed to know how long this took. Was it a three-month, a four-month, a six-month process, and how he determined that? So I needed an average of how long his coaching was going to take for a reason. I will elaborate on that in just a moment. And then number four, if I could give him some, if I could point him in a more profitable direction, would he give his business six more months? So he answered the questions, and in our next coaching sessions, we went through his answers. 
and he said, okay, I answered all your questions, and he gave good answers to his questions. This was a guy who knew what he was doing. He had more than 25 years' experience in the restaurant industry. He'd owned restaurants. He'd worked at restaurants. He'd been involved in various aspects of the restaurant industry, from location to equipment rental to, to the food distribution services. He had a lot of experience in the industry, which the restaurant industry is actually a very specific kind of industry. It's that's very specialized. There are some very unique processes and restaurants generally have very low profit margins, which means they don't have a whole lot of leeway before they turn from profitable to losing money. Once a restaurant gets into trouble, it has a hard time picking itself back up because of these low profit margins. There's not a whole lot of margin for error. So I told him the problem with his business was his choice of client. He had misidentified his perfect client and he was focusing on the wrong kind of client. And by choosing the struggling restaurant owner as his perfect client, he was basically destroying his own business. He had the experience and the expertise to provide services to help restaurant owners and nobody could question that. But he wasn't focusing on the right client. So let's review that for a minute. His perfect client was the struggling restaurant owner. His right client was in the peripheral industries and organizations around that struggling restaurant owner. The people who depended on the restaurant owner's profitability to make their money and who were intricately entwined with that restaurant owner. And I'm talking about the restaurant investors, the equipment leasing companies, and the commercial real estate owners. The commercial real estate owners, they handle the location. They want that restaurant profitable so that the restaurant pays their lease. The equipment rental companies provide all of the restaurant equipment, the dishes, the tables. They outfit entire kitchens. And if you've ever seen, because you've seen them on TV, an industrial kitchen, there's a lot of equipment in there. Most of it is rented or leased from equipment companies. Of course, there was the investors. Most restaurants have investors, people who put money up front to fund the restaurant operations. All of these people, these three groups, have a vested interest in the success of the restaurant. So Gary would have been better off focusing on these people and marketing his services to them so that they could provide his services to their clients who were the restaurant owners. And to do that before the restaurant got into trouble financially. He needed to focus on getting the information to restaurant owners at the beginning of their business cycle, not at the end, and to focus on those who had the greatest vested interest in their profitability, the right clients, and that was the people who fund them, who depend on them, the restaurant owner being successful, to make their money. Plus, they had the money to pay him, not the restaurant owner. Here's why this is a superb strategy. And whether you're in the restaurant business or any other business, this is why this is a good strategy for you to consider. Number one, they will offer coaching to their clients as an add-on. So Gary went to each one of these groups who were happy to talk to him because not only was this particular restaurant owner struggling, they had a lot of restaurant owners who were struggling. 
And here's the thing about the restaurant industry in particular, and this probably applies to a lot of industries, restaurant equipment leasing companies lease restaurant equipment. They don't do anything else. Restaurant investors generally invest only in restaurants and in food establishments. Commercial real estate property owners that hold interests in spaces that are used for restaurants generally invest in that particular sector. So you're looking at an industry that's fairly specialized. They also have databases of their customers who are restaurant owners. So by going to these organizations, not only was Gary able to avoid the individual marketing, you know, because a, a restaurant owner who's struggling financially doesn't have time to search Facebook for, gee, I want a coach to help me get through this. They're too busy running their restaurant. They're too busy to pull themselves out of the red to keep their restaurant viable and up and running. So Gary went to the investors who were more than happy to talk to him and to consider offering his services as an add-on to their investments. Because most restaurant owners do a really good job of cooking or running a restaurant. They're not so good on the accounting side or on the, the admin side, and they certainly could use the coaching. So not only did he get access to them in order to pay him, he got access to their entire database. Remember, investors who invest in restaurants tend to invest only in restaurants. They tend to be very specialized in their investment. So he went directly to the investors. They were happy to talk to him. He went to the equipment leasing companies. Now, equipment leasing companies only make money when their equipment is located in a restaurant. It doesn't make any money for them when it sits in their warehouse. So they have a vested interest in keeping restaurants profitable so that they can continue to keep their equipment leased. They were happy to talk to him. And again, they had an entire database of restaurant owners. And then the commercial property owners also have a vested interest in making sure that the restaurants are successful because it's very expensive to build out a space to house a restaurant and they only make money when restaurants are profitable and can pay their leases. So by going to the right client for Gary, which was the people who have a vested interest in the profitability of restaurants, he not only got a multitude of coaching opportunities and a multitude of new coaching clients, he got access to an entire database of clients that he would never have been able to access otherwise. Does this help you understand why it's important to, to pick the right client instead of the perfect client? to look at these three top questions. Number one, who benefits the most from that person's success? And I'm gonna give you a couple other examples here in a minute. Who benefits the most from your products and services? And you might say it's the perfect client, but it actually could be a peripheral client, somebody who is impacted by what's going on with that person. Number two, who needs my services the most? And you have to look at not just the perfect client here, but do they need your services the most? Or is it somebody else? For example, if you offer counseling services to people who are housebound, who maybe they are terminally ill or chronically ill, and they have live-in staff or they have staff that comes in, who benefits the most from your services? Well, you might say, oh, it's the person who's depressed, the, the patient, the person who's chronically ill. 
not necessarily. The person who benefits the most is actually the home health care worker who has to deal with the person who can actually help them with their depression, who knows to look for the signs and knows what to do when they see those signs of depression. Because a depressed person just gets depressed. They don't reach out and say, hey, I'm depressed, I need help. It's generally the people who help them, who are around them all the time, who would be the greater beneficiary of your services. And number three, who pays the bills? Now, this isn't just about money. It is about providing services. But you need to go to who is the most likely to pay you especially if you're offering not expensive services, but if you are offering services where access to a large client base or having access to a large population that you can train or coach, it's a lot better for you as a business owner than trying to market one-on-one to people who may or may not be receptive to receiving your services. Say you're marketing to alcoholics, treatment programs for alcoholics. You know that until that alcoholic decides they've got a problem, they are not going to be interested in your services. They won't have anything to do with you. So who benefits the most from your services? The people around that person, their family, their friends, their partner, their loved one, their adult children, people that they take advantage of, or people who suffer because of that person's alcoholism. Those are the right clients for you because you have a lot better chance of getting clients and making an impact when you reach out to the person by saying, hey, if you are dealing with an alcoholic family member, spouse, partner, friend, whatever, let me talk to you. Let me show you how you can help them. You have a better chance of getting a client that way than of talking to the alcoholics who who insist they don't have a drinking problem. And the the first one I said was who benefits the most. Again, this is really important because you have to look at who's the greater beneficiary, not who's the perfect client. Like I said, with Gary, his perfect client was a struggling restaurant owner, and that's true. But who benefited the most from making that restaurant profitable? It was the restaurant owner benefited and all their staff, But the greater beneficiaries were their investors, the equipment leasing companies, and the commercial property owners. You need to be a little more strategic in choosing your client. Don't just look at the perfect client and say, I helped that person. What does the peripheral client base look like? And how can you serve that client base and maybe capitalize on, as Gary did, the vast network of resources that this opened up to you? And being able then to provide services on a much broader basis. And not only did we create a whole new level of coaching for Gary, I also worked with him to create some online programs, to create some training courses and things like that, that he could offer as part of his coaching or sell to people who wouldn't necessarily coach with him, but needed the training that he offered. And my cash flow profit platform, I also talk about having different levels of revenue, something I call compounded revenues, where you have different revenue sources that feed then your cash flow stream. So you have consistent revenue coming into your business all the time. I hope you've enjoyed this case study. Look forward to the next one. And in the meantime, I want you to think about the right client for your business versus the perfect client for your business. And if you need extra help with that, please 
please schedule a discovery session with me and see if my GPS business coaching is the right one for you to help you build a better client base, to build a better client profile and move away from the perfect client model, which is often wrong, and choose the right client for your business. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Goals, Profit, and Soul Business Show podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and that it has inspired, motivated, and energized you. Please subscribe, give it a like, and a review. Your acknowledgement helps others find us and get the information they need to turn those business dreams into an entrepreneurial reality. Join us each week for a new episode, and I look forward to our next time together.